Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TV Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do if you haven't already. Hit subscribe on YouTube, turn on those notifications, and connect with me on LinkedIn because I'd love to stay connected with you. Now, today we are talking all things meditation and some sleep health as well with Arielle Garten. She is the co-founder of Muse. She is also a neuroscientist who's breaking down the benefits of meditation, what it actually is, and how with her company, how they've brought together technology, even though it seems counterintuitive, with meditation to help us improve how we practice. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I'm so excited to be joined by virtually all the way from Toronto, Canada, Arielle Garten. Nice to meet you. Wonderful to be here, Tamika. So I'm so excited to hear more about your story because... I mean, you have a long list of accomplishments here. Neuroscientist, you are a former psychotherapist, a former fashion designer, and also the co-founder of Muse. And actually, before we dive in, I know we also have another guest who's here on the call, who we should say hi to, Artemis, who is just 11 weeks. Hi, This is my sweet little baby. She's 11 weeks old and she's joining me in studio today. (laughs) And she is just so precious. Is this going to be her first interview? It may be her first interview, for which she has hiccups. She might have been a little nervous. Oh, my goodness. Well, again, congratulations um, to add to your list of accomplishments is also mom. So thanks for introducing us. Hi, Artemis. Here's your little time. She's going to lie back down again. (laughs) I love to dive into your personal story, but before we do that and spend a little more time getting to know who you are, let us know what you do now as the co-founder of Muse and exactly what Muse is. Sure. So Muse is a brain sensing headband that helps you meditate and sleep. So just in the way that a Fitbit will sit on your wrist and give you feedback about your number of steps, Muse can give you feedback on your meditation and actually even more than just tracking will teach you how to meditate and also can help you fall asleep and stay asleep. So it's, I've actually got Muse's here. So this is a Muse device as is this one. And they're able to track your brain activity during meditation to give you a real insight into what's going on in your mind. And so Muse actually lets you know when your mind is wandering and when you're focused on your meditation and reinforces you for maintaining that meditation state. And then as a sleep tool is able to track your sleep basically as effectively as a sleep lab and then gives you um, beautiful meditations and guided experiences that literally walk your brain into sleep to help you uh, fall asleep faster and help you fall back asleep if you wake up in the night. 
Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm so excited we're we're talking about this today. I feel like this is right on time because sleep is one of my favorite topics to talk about, as well as meditation. I'm more of a novice when it comes to that. Um, so I want to dive into more of that. But first, tell me how you got here. Um, especially, it seems like you have a varied background, as we all do, right? Like there's no one linear path. But what's your background in and how did you end up you know, co-founding this company? So I grew up both as an artist, really inspired by my mom, really um, emotionally engaged in the world, creating things that, you know, created experiences of beauty. Um, Grew up with a very entrepreneurial streak. You know, I was the kid who sold lemonade with raspberries in it because it was, you know, a better customer experience and you could make 25 cents more. Um, (laughs) And I also then became very fascinated by science because as I was thinking about these emotional experiences that we were having, you know, like how we see the world, how we feel the world, I really wanted to understand how it was that we created those experiences in our own mind. And so I went to school for neuroscience, um, at the same time continued my art career and fashion and did all sorts of things and started to weave together those threads. And then uh, by about 2002, I started working in a research lab with a gentleman called Dr. Steve Mann. He was the accredited inventor of the wearable computer. And he had this early brain computer interface system that he'd been using. And so with my background in neuroscience, my interest in creating art and experiences, we started to collaborate with a few other people, Chris Amini, um, who then became my co-founder. And we began to create experiences where by putting an EEG electrode onto your head, you could change or track brain state and from there create sounds that would let you know what was going on in your mind. Like can tell your thoughts, it's just really big changes in state. So when you're focused, when you're relaxed, um, and then we extended that many years later into when you're mind wandering. And so from there, I said like, wow, we can take this out of lab and really create something that's gonna be very valuable for people. And so I got together with Chris, who was an extraordinary engineer and artist um, and technologist. And uh, one of my dear friends, Trevor Coleman, who really got like creating experiences. And it turned out was also practicing Buddhist. And so meditation was something that was very dear to him. And we started to figure out what we could do with this that was really going to improve people's lives. And I, in the meantime, was training as a psychotherapist and in my own private practice as a therapist was working with people and teaching them to meditate um, because that was a frontline intervention for so many of the things that we come into therapy for, for, you know, anxiety, depression, relationship issues. I was teaching my patients to meditate. I was struggling with it myself. And it was like, if there was only something that could really help you do this. And together, Chris, Trevor, and I came up with the realization that you could use this device um, to actually give you feedback on your meditation and let you know if you're doing it right and what's going on. And that's where Muse was born. And it was 
you know, the, really the like driving purpose, if we could only get more people to meditate, the world would be a better place. Mm. Um, and it seems, you know, counterintuitive to use technology to do it, but it really worked. <laughs> and so we would sit there with, you know, like 50,000 hour meditators on the top of a mountain, seeing what happened as they w- jumped from brain state to brain state as they went in and out of meditation states. Um, and then we, over time, really took this device and built tremendous experience around it that really made you made you feel like you could really connect with yourself. And now over 400,000 people around the world have used Muse to either start or enhance their meditation practice. Um, I love that you had and had that dual interest in both art and science because I feel like a lot of times the two don't always come together and I feel like I was always kind of that that person who liked science and math but also really loved creative expression and dance and the arts so um, I love that we kind of have that in common and and those two came together and also to to create this Um, going back to something you said as a therapist teaching your patients to meditate and you mentioned that you were also struggling with it yourself how were you struggling with it so you hear from my narrative that I was you know a high achiever interested in doing a lot of things simultaneously right 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 (laughs) and so the idea of meditating of being able to just quiet my mind uh my mind which jumped from thing to thing to thing because I had all these ideas and excitement was yep (laughs) hands up all over the place here, (laughs) was really hard. And so I, you know, would sit there and close my eyes and then I'd have a thought and another thought and another thought. And I just get so frustrated at the process because it was like, you know, how, how is my mind ever going to quiet? How am I ever going to shift my relationship to these thoughts? And it wasn't until we were really building and developing Muse and I started using it through the process of developing it where I was like, oh, okay, so this is how it works. You know, meditation is really not the process of trying to get frustrated at your thoughts or stop them or, um, or you know, stop you from being an enthusiastic and engaged person. Um, meditation is the process of observing your own thinking and then being able to choose whether you follow a thought or not and have a shifted relationship to the contents of your own mind um, and the ability to move your attention to the thing that really matters to you in that moment. Um, So in meditation, I sometimes joke that uh, you're probably more likely to levitate than you are to actually stop all your thoughts. (laughs) So it's it's not what it's about. Our brain generates thoughts and that's okay. In meditation, what you're doing is you're learning to change the relationship to those thoughts. So instead of a thought coming up and you just following it, like we all do, like, oh, let's think about, you know, Facebook. And now I'm thinking about my friends and Facebook. And then I'm thinking about a donut and, 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 and. In meditation, a thought comes up. And instead of following it, you observe that you are having a thought. You're like, oh, that Facebook, hey, that's a thought that arose. And then instead of following it, you let it go and you bring your attention to something else. So the most common form of meditation is focused attention meditation. There you focus your attention on your breath. When your mind wanders off onto a thought, you say, oh, that's a thought, not going there now. And then you bring your attention back to your breath. There's an amazing process of unfolding that happens when you engage in your meditation practice, starting from just observing the thoughts to 
you know, processes like, hey, maybe all those thoughts that I have about myself, like I'm not good enough and, and, and maybe those aren't even true. And hey, maybe I don't even need to think them every time my brain serves them to me. And hey, it's kind of getting quieter in there and I'm feeling better about myself. How did you start to feel like, hey, I'm getting better at this meditation thing. And then was there a point at which you realized, okay, I am doing that. I'm not struggling with this as much. And then you realized you were noticing. How did you start to notice that it was having this positive impact in your life? Sure. So, you know, at first there was a bunch of struggle because I was um, really frustrated at the, at the thoughts and like my performance around it. Um, and so using Muse, honestly, for me was the turning point to be like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. This makes a lot more sense. Um, and the kind of process of me understanding its impact was pretty quick once that kind of realization happened. Um, I started to notice that I was less distracted um, because one of the things that happens is your thought pops up, you follow it, and all of a sudden you're distracted. You're now thinking about something else, not what you're doing. Mm. Um, I started to notice that when I was having a conversation with someone, I could be like, oh, hey, my mind is wondering. I'm not actually listening to what they're saying. That's weird. <laughs> all right, back to what they're saying. Um, and then, you know, as this evolved later and later, you know, I've now been doing this for many, many years. Now the kind of... Um, uh, impact that I'm seeing is in my ego and my relationships. So, you know, my husband will say like, oh, you didn't load the dishwasher right. And then in the past, I would have had this defensiveness that came up that was like, what do you mean I didn't load the dishwasher right? Like, right. you know, there's many ways to load a dishwasher. And frankly, like I probably didn't load it right. You know, now <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I'll sort of like notice that I might have a little resistance that comes up. I might even notice that I have a, you know, the beginning of a thought of being angry about it. And then I can see what I'm doing. I can see my behavior and say, hey, I don't need to go down this path anymore. You know, it's it's okay that I loaded the dishwasher wrong. And I can be like, oh, sorry, hon, you're right. And change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it took a long time to get to there. But once you begin this process of observation and making better choices, you can all of a sudden see the ways that you're acting, see your like immediate reactions and have a choice to change them. So, okay, I love that you said that um, because it sounds like meditation can really help us with this greater sense of awareness, like sense of calm and just being more present in the moment. Totally. So the more present in the moment arises because it's the difference between being caught up in your thoughts and being in the here and now. Yeah. So when a thought comes up, you're not in the present, you're in your head about something that will happen or something that did happen or something you hope won't happen. Um, and when you were able to let go of that and bring your attention on something like your breath or the person who's talking to you or the sweet little baby mm. that might be in your lap, when you're able to put your attention there, you're in the present moment, you are here and now. And when that happens, you're like, oh, you know, the trees look really bright and green. Um, this moment is actually really lovely. This person's actually really funny. And then you're really in the here and now. So I want to go back to something that you said, kind of diving into Muse a little bit more. Um, and what you said around it being it, seemingly a little bit counterintuitive with using technology um, to really track 
how you're meditating. Um, so talk to me a little bit more about that and how you kind of balanced that in a way in your own mind as far as like, and I'm sure maybe is a common objection that comes up from those who do practice meditation as far as like, why do I need to use a source of technology? Yeah, so it's interesting. I was somebody who was never particularly into technology. Um, I'm into nature and, you know, the self and being in connection and all these uh, much, much softer things. And when we started to work with the early technology, you know, the question that we had is how can we put this best in service of humanity? You know, how can we really help this to connect people to themselves rather than disconnect them from themselves, which technology tends to do. And so we created an experience that really lets you hear what's going on in your head during this practice of meditation. And it's really like you're hearing your own mind. You're connecting more deeply with yourself. And as we look at the roles that technology can play, sometimes they can disconnect from you, um, but sometimes they can give you greater insight. So, you know, a telescope is technology and that lets us see the stars. It lets us see the things that aren't there. You know, glasses are ancient technologies. Microscopes let you, let you see smaller and smaller things that you wouldn't otherwise know. A mirror is a form of technology. You look at it and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that, you know, <laughs> My hair was kind of <laughs> funny on this side. Let's just smooth it down a little bit. Okay. Um, so, you know, technology is something that can give you experiences that are existing senses. Um, maybe you're not as good as sensing yet. And ultimately is a tool that teaches you because it's not about, you know, technology doing the thing. It's about something that can just teach you more, you know, more efficiently than you're currently learning. Um, give you deeper insight so that you can then take that skill that you learned into the world free of the technology, you know, into the world and just be in the world and do the things you need to do. Mm. So then that brings up the question, um, how do we know that we're doing meditation right? Or how does Muse help us know that we are doing it right? Sure. So Muse uh, works with a number of different forms of meditation. In our Muse Mind Meditation, it's focused attention. So you're putting your attention on your breath and eventually your mind will wander. And when you're wearing Muse, we actually translate those uh, experiences into guiding sounds. So when your attention is on your breath, you're hearing the sounds just very calm and peaceful. And then as your mind wanders away into a thought, you start to hear a storm pick up. So, you know, the rain will get louder. And then when you, that's your cue to say like, hey, you're in a thought, <laughs> reminder, you're now thinking. Um, and then it becomes your cue to let go of that thought, bring your attention back to your breath. And when you do, the sound gets softer again. So it's this really beautiful experience. It sounds like your own mind, you know, cues you to when you're wandering and really lets you know when you're in that state of focused attention, the meditation zone um, and reinforces you for being and staying there. And then after the fact, you get data, charts, graphs, scores. And, and then we have other forms of meditation, one for the heart, where you're actually listening to the beating of your heart like the beating of a drum. And it tunes something called your interoception, your ability to sensitively understand your internal state. And research has shown that those that have greater interoception um, can have reduced stress because you become more aware of what's going on in your mind and body and are better able to make the shifts and changes to, to improve. We also have uh, breathing exercises. 
and then a full library of guided meditations for everything from, you know, performance, leadership, relationships to being frustrated standing in line. Oh my goodness. This is really cool. Like hearing this because I feel like I've started meditating like on a regular basis a few different times in my life, but I feel like there was always, I don't know, life gets busy, whatever, you know, all the excuses we come up with <laughs> that I didn't stick with it. Um, and a lot of times why I ended up going back was because I was having trouble with sleep, either not sleeping through the night or just having some issues with insomnia. So I would always prefer to meditate in the evening because it would actually help me fall asleep and relax all the different things that were running around um, in my mind. So how does meditation help with sleep? And is Muse something that you can wear when you sleep? And if so, how does that help? Sure. So meditation has been demonstrated to really help sleep. You know, it's the number one reason that most people say they can't fall asleep. It's because your mind is racing with all of these thoughts. Yeah. And what meditation teaches you to do is to let go of your thoughts and bring your attention onto something neutral. And so as you practice meditation, particularly in the evening, it reinforces your brain's ability to be like, oh, all these thoughts I'm having, I don't actually need to be thinking them right now. <laughs> okay, so let them go. And amazingly, when you let them go and you know calm your mind and body, typically you fall asleep. Mm. And then the another way that meditation really helps is it reduces your can reduce your anxiety and stress overall. So, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night, you often wake up because you're already stressed about something. So if you have a practice that reduces your stress, that really helps you sleep better. Um, and two, when you wake up, you often have anxiety about not sleeping. You're like, oh, it's 1 a.m. Yes. I'll never sleep. I'll do terribly at work tomorrow. And then you have all of these thoughts that ramp back up again. Um, so if you just wake up and you go like, oh, it's one o'clock, let that go. Deep breaths, calm my body, bring my attention elsewhere, probably will fall back asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, so with Muse, as we were helping people with their meditation, we actually heard that a lot of people were meditating at night to help them sleep. And so we created this device, which is Muse S, which is a soft, comfortable headband that you can actually wear during sleep. And we took what was the typical meditation experience to help you fall asleep and um, added some other really fancy features that we called the digital sleeping pill. So as you're listening to your guided meditation to fall asleep and doing your deep breathing or listening to a soundscape or a sleep story, um, the audio actually changes based on your state of wakefulness in a way that can cue your brain to help you fall asleep faster. And in an study by Dr. Adrian Owen's lab, he demonstrated that using Muse for six weeks uh, for sleep improves sleep quality by 20%, including uh, helping you fall asleep faster and fall back asleep. Sold. <laughs> this sounds amazing. I mean, from what I mean, also, you said the numbers 400,000 people around the world have used Muse, which is amazing but like everything you're talking about the technology the headband like this does not sound like you know a simple task this is a pretty big undertaking to develop this so i guess when you were going through this you know and having been formerly a psychotherapist what prompted you to really say hey i'm going to take 
this big leap and or correct me if I'm wrong, if it wasn't a big leap, I'm just, you know, that's my assumption um, and co-found um, this company. What was going through your mind? So at first it was, you know, we have this technology that's so incredible. It's letting us gain insight into ourselves, into our mind, connect with our mind in a new way. Um, you know, the world needs to know about it. And then as we really crafted the meditation tool, the driving force was we need to get more people to meditate. And if we do that, it hopefully will help people reduce their fear thinking, their, you know, their ego, their stress, all of these things that drive us in, in unhelpful ways. And so the big leap, you know, was a, was a series of very small steps. You know, it was a series of, oh, this is a good idea. Let's take it to the next step. Let's take it to the next step. And then before we knew it, we had, I uh, went and I raised some money. We had a whole bunch of interns working for us and some developers. We started to work on the, the form factor of the headband. And we really just started down the pathway of creating what we never realized was going to be, you know, a device that's used worldwide. Over the last several years, we've been kind of seeing this shift um, that continues in a way, at least from what I see, to ramp up around well, general wellness, mental health. Um, but did you see that really impact your business as well over the last two years with COVID, the pandemic, people really having a lot of increased anxiety around that and wanting to f focus on some more of these wellness practices? Yes. So at the beginning of COVID, there was a huge spike um, in people using the meditation tool. And, you know, we got flooded by calls from people who were like, I bought this device four years ago. And, you know, then I gave it to my friend and then I just borrowed it back from them because I need it. Uh, and the battery's dead because I bought it four years ago. <laughs> you know, uh, what, what should I do? You know, yeah. um, it, it was like an unbelievable surge of people grabbing the tools that they needed to do. But it was interesting as the pandemic went on, sometimes there would be, you know, compounding experiences like the um, Black Lives Matter riots that really raised people's stress and anxiety. And we actually found at that point, there's kind of two different responses. Some people doubled down and meditated more every day and longer. And other people just got so freaked out, they dropped all of their tools and forgot, you know, forgot everything they should be doing to reduce their stress. Mm -hmm. And now we've seen more of an evening out, you know, we're out of the crisis period. Um, we also saw that a lot of people were having serious troubles with sleep, you know, sleep became a much greater issue for most people through the pandemics. Some people were able to sleep better because your schedule changed. Um, but for a lot of people, the anxiety made sleep really hard. And so it became really key to us to create a tool that could help sleep specifically um, as we all deal with the kind of post-pandemic, how do I return to living a normal and happy life? Like, how do I get my cortisol levels? How do I get my adrenal systems? How do I get my fight or flight response back down again? Because it's been so ramped for so long. Awesome. Um, and I always like to ask a health tip. Um, let's say outside of using Muse, anything health, wellness, happiness, like a daily practice that you implement in your life that you feel like 
allows you to show up as your best self, something actionable that people can take away with them. Sure. So, I mean, the obvious one, of course, I'll give you a second tip, but the obvious one, of <laughs> course, is meditation. Yes. Um, and most people ask questions like, how often should I meditate? And mm-hmm. the answer is start off small, two to three minutes a day, work your way up to five. You can work your way up to 10. Um, when to do it, whenever works for you. The idea is it's a practice, so just do it regularly and daily. My other tip, the thing that really helps me in the mornings is to spend a few minutes in the morning before I get out of bed and really just fill myself with love. And how I do that is I imagine the sensation of love moving through my body, emanating from my heart and moving through me. And in doing so, I'm able to wake up just filled with love and peace. Mm -hmm. During the pandemic, I had a practice of moving the sensation of safety through my body. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's how I got through a lot of it feeling much saner and not being very scared and freaked out um, because I would actively work with these feelings in my body, moving them through me, um, allowing them to perfuse every, you know, every corner of my cells um, and then really shifting my mindset from that. Those are great tips. Meditate for sure. You've inspired me to get back on my my practice as well and taking those few minutes before you get out of bed um and maybe whether it's love or like you said safety maybe it's another positive feeling that helps you move into the day um but i really like that tip actually personal question so for you how long do you meditate each day and when when is your preferred time of day for you to meditate Sure. So um, my meditation practice has many forms to it. Uh, You know, there's in the standard meditation practice, you focus your attention on your breath. Obviously, I have a little baby here who's happily in my lap at the moment. And so focusing my attention on her breath is is a meditation that I do. So I will do a 10 minute formal practice, but then throughout the day, I'm always checking in in various ways like i'll just sit and i'll you know just take a few deep breaths to calm my mind and body i will focus my attention on her and her breathing i will if i get you know ramped from something having that fight with my husband that we always have Mm -hmm. um you know i'll I'll take time out then and i will um really observe what's going on in my mind and body and throughout the day i will have thoughts that arise that you know are not true, helpful, useful, et cetera. And I'll be like, oh, right, we can let that one go now, you know, back to the task at hand. And so it becomes, there's the formal practice of meditation, but then there's also the continuous experience throughout the day where you're now applying these skills to help you live clearly, calmly, joyfully as the day goes on. Yeah, and like you said, observe that thought and if it's not useful or helpful, hey, let it go. Back to the task at hand. I love that. Um, and I think that's a great thing to keep top of mind and, you know, be aware of for myself. Yeah, and it's not always easy to let those thoughts go. You know, they might come back and back and back and that's okay. You just keep going on the practice. And the more you, you know, can for a millisecond move your mind away and onto something else, the more your brain and body learns that like, hey, I don't need to attach to these thoughts. Hey, they're not actually, you know, useful. We don't need to reinforce them. We can bring our attention somewhere else. So it's kind of like training yourself. You're like you said, your brain and your body. Yes. Awesome. 
I love this. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to talk about? Um, if there's a last thought to share, it's that we are all capable, amazing human beings. And sometimes our thoughts and fears get in the way of feeling that. Um, and it's actually okay to be able to move them aside and to get in touch with the amazing, capable, beautiful person that you are. I love that. That's such an amazing, positive note, um, which from this conversation, of course, I would expect nothing less to end this on. And lastly, just tell everyone where they can learn more about Muse, find Muse, check you out, social media, website, all the good stuff. Sure. So you can find Muse uh, at choosemuse.com, C-H-O-O-S-E-M-U-S-E, Choose Muse. Um, you can find us on all the socials, uh, handle at Choose Muse. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ariel's Musings. And I have a podcast called Untangle that I co-host with Patricia Carpus, where we talk about meditation, the brain, tools and techniques to make your mind and life better. And uh, you can find that at Untangle Podcast. Untangle Podcast. Love that. Another one I want to add to my list. This is really wonderful. I really appreciated like all of your insight, actionable tips and information, and also sharing with us um, more about Muse. So I'm excited to check that out as well. Um, thank you so much. I'll make sure that we link all of your links, social media, everything below in the show notes as well. And have a wonderful, wonderful day. You and Artemis. Thank you. Thank you. This was wonderful. And I have a beautiful sleeping Artemis in my lap. Oh, good. Thank you. Even though we've done several episodes here on this podcast about meditation, I still feel as though I learned something new that really will help me with that practice. So I loved this episode. I love my conversation with Ariel. I hope you did too. Make sure you find all of her contact information as well as Muse's contact information below in the show notes so you can connect with her and also connect with me. If you haven't done so already, I don't know why not. I'm all of the places. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. That's where I'd love for you to hit subscribe because you know what? We come back every other week with new episodes and I'd hate for you to miss out. So until I see you back next time, because I know I'll see you then, stay happy, stay healthy.